Where you, you're uh, you're based in London, yeah. I'm based in London, yes. How did you end up in London? I know you were uh, you're originally from Barcelona, right? Yeah, so um, I think it was like 2016 when I I tried to think about like doing a music career and everything, and I was coming I was gonna come to London, but I didn't I did I. I got a friend that he told me like, why don't you go to Ibiza for one week and try to meet someone, do some networking, see what you get. And um, so I met some guys from Liverpool and we made like really good relationship. And I ended up living in Liverpool for six months. At that time, I didn't know how to speak English. So it was kind of like tough for me to speak with people from Liverpool, you know. And um, then it was like six months of... Uh, I was in the studio with them. I was at the end. I ended up speaking English, so I was teaching people how to DJ and everything. But it got like at a point where I couldn't find myself there anymore because it, it wasn't that comfortable. So I went back to Barcelona, and after two years, I I I felt I I I, I was kind of stuck in Barcelona, and I saw that in London there is so much thing happening and there is so much opportunities. So I was like. There you go. Let's uh, let's let's change this and and try to pursue some like find more opportunities in London. So I moved here, and yeah, I mean, London gave me already so much. It's uh, it's that's the thing. Like you go out every weekend. There is so many parties. You can meet so many people from the industry. So yeah, I think it's the right place to be. Definitely. No, it's a great city for it. I've, I've honestly never been myself and it's super high on my list. I mean, it's just one of these places where I feel like the, the culture around electronic music there is, is so deep. Uh, but, you know, I just want to go back before diving into London, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, it kind of began for you in 2016. Do you have memories from kind of like before 2016, you know, just discovering electronic music and what drew you to it? Oh yeah, actually I started raving when I was 17 years old. Um, at that time, I didn't know what was electronic music or anything. Um, because before that, I was a typical rebel kid. Uh, I was painting graffitis on trains and all that stuff, you know. And um, at, after that, I, I started to go out, you know, with, with that age, I met some people and they started to bring me to this after afters in Barcelona, like a row when it began or other parties that were over there. And I was like, wow, this music is crazy. You know, I, I was going there every weekend, you know, and I fell in love. So one of my friends, uh, he introduced me to Virtual DJ. I was like, yeah, you have to mix this beat with this beat to, to beat match them and, and put them together, you know? And that's how it, like, I, I got to know all of this DJ stuff. And then, uh, step by step, we got like a small controller. Then I get ri got rid of the small controller. I get some like CDJ 350, and we try to mix actually um, properly without any any computer or anything. It got me like one month to figure out what was the PPM and all of that stuff because I was in my in my rooftop alone, like trying to figure out what the fuck is this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was it was so cool. I mean, it was kind of. The afters at that time, we used to finish at, I don't know, like 8 p.m. Because we used to go like 7 a.m. on the morning until 8 p.m. Oh my God. And then yeah. we were going to the afters in my <laughs> in my rooftop, you know. <laughs> and yeah. 
CDJ three fifties. That's a, that's a throwback. I mean, just, do you have a, do you have any memory of like kind of what that controller looks like? And obviously, you know, you've seen yeah, the evolution I'm, over the years. Yeah. It's crazy because I, I used to have also the X one twenty two, which is like two channels, one filter, that's it, you know? And yeah, I mean the, like the beat, like the, um, when I tried to beat match the tracks, it was so difficult because it's not perfect, the BPM uh, pitching. So you have to be all the time touching the jog because it was always moving the track. So it's it's kind of difficult to mix on that if we're, they weren't the same BPM. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, much, much improved. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I had an opportunity recently to use the, the 3000s and the V10 mixer and it's just like, all right, we're playing a different game now. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean you don't need any more mixing key you know like to be honest i still get like the mixing key thing and you put the numbers and all of that but with this cj3000 is so intuitive um and i was playing like the recent gigs i had i was playing with them and it was like so easy to find because then you know which ones sound better with which one so there is no tonality mistakes at all you know but yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know what, what point we're going to reach, you know? No, it is. I mean, that's honestly a good point. Like, it is, uh, these companies are obviously, you know, so smart and this is what they're dedicating their lives to, but it's an interesting question. Like, the 3000 seems so complete and it's like, really, where, like, where do you go from there? But, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask, you just mentioned Elro and obviously coming up in Barcelona and you have a release coming out with Elro. You know, it seems like that brand in the last couple of years, especially they've, they've done such a great job kind of expanding and showing people in the States what it's all about. And, you know, I, it's one of those things for me, I tell anybody like it's the best party ever. And I'm just wondering if you could talk on, you know, what it means to sign music with them and, and what kind of impact the company has had on the scene in Barcelona and Spain, you know, just overall. Well, I think in Barcelona, at that point, um, they were kind of uh, already doing afters and Sundays, but I think the point where they start to change everything was when they start to bring English DJs and international DJs to their parties because the sound kind of changed and it became like more global, the brand, you know? And I think it's like um, the, the job they've done is, is so well because they always try to think forward. All the ideas they put with virtual reality and all that stuff is like, Crazy. I mean, they have resources, but they are they they have also like a very good creative team, I think. And yeah, for me, I was uh, at that time when I was going there. It was I never thought of releasing with a row um, because I never thought of releasing music at all. When I started playing DJ, I wasn't just like trying to play music. And yeah, then I I was chasing a row for like many years. You know, I had like um, project with another friend. We were a duo at the beginning, so that's why my brand Daniel Orpe started like in 2018 it, it's not like that long and yeah I, I always uh, was, was sending music to to them and that but yeah until that point it got me a process of evolution of my music that I think now it, it fit more than than ever in in the label so yeah it's it's really cool to to release with them I have uh, so I released now I released uh, this last week uh, in a VA and then I'm releasing the EP on the December 10th. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I heard the one you just put out, man. And it seems like you've been playing it out everywhere, getting lots of great reactions. And I mean, that's the best part that we're back to life, right? Like 
I know a lot of people I talked to, um, you know, they, they had trouble making music in the pandemic because you can't get that fan reaction. Um, you know. Yeah, to, to be honest, for me, the pandemic for me was um, like a decisive point in terms of how I thought about myself, my brand, like it's, it's not that there is some other people that they were inspired, but at the end for me, because I was uh, still like uh, uh, growing uh, growing DJ, so it was an established DJ, I, I had to do something else. So it got me um, to think of different ways to promote my music. And at the end, it, it was all, all good. And also the British government, um, they do this, like they they give this universal credit where they they give you some help which allowed me to not work, stay at home, but still making music, you know? So I, I could pay my rent and, and, and live normal, you know, because there wasn't anything open, but I still could make music and, and, and de- do all these video clips. I animated video clips and everything that, that got me to, to try to do something to stand out from the crowd of all the music that is being released every week. Yeah, it's it can almost be overwhelming at points, especially I mean, there's just so many people that are talented, and it's so accessible now to make music. I'm wondering, you know, I think you have a pretty unique sound. Uh, and it feels like you straddle a couple different genres. I'm wondering if you could just kind of talk on how you define your sound. Yeah, I would say to define my sound, I really like, um, for me, the most important is the groove and the baseline. I, I try to do some different kind of baselines. I have this drum machine that is uh, the Korg Electrive, and I try to to use um, the pitch modulator with a kick, with a long kick, and I try to do myself um, the baselines like the one I, I did with this track on a row. Um, and the drums has to be like really tight. It, it's I would say it's between minimal deep tech house and and tech house. It's not like it's something in between. It doesn't have these long pads or something, but I try to keep it simple. Lately, all all my tracks, I'm trying to work. I try to make them less less busy. Otherwise, it's it's cool on the dance floor, but if someone wants to listen on on headphones, it's too much, you know? So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I try to keep it simple now, to be honest. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, that it's I'm glad you said it like that, because I felt like you're in that minimal world, but it's not, you know, you're not like a Michael Beebe impersonator. And, you know, it's such a it's such a popular sound now. And it's great to see people kind of have a unique take on it. Just following up on that. You know, I think a lot of uh, house and tech house usually is in that kind of like 120 to 125 BPM range. You typically operate a little bit higher, like 127 to 130. Is that kind of a conscious decision when you're producing or is, you know, what prompts you trying to go a little faster? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to bring it down now. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it to 128, um, between 128 and 130 because I, like when I play, I really like, um, I think it gets, it gets all the tracks driving more when they are a bit faster because this general like minimal deep tech, it's, it sounds better. I don't know why it feels like the the group that used to be before on the tech house it was more like percussive and and it was you, like tracks from hot scenes 82 you know that it was like kind of chill and and you could hear that at 124 and it was cool and but also now when when i when i make tracks i always 
even if I do it at 130, you can always bring it down when you're playing. So at the end, it's, it's not that much difference. As long as there is no like 134, which is like crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> I, I got some tracks that they are like 134. I'm like, I would never play that in a club at 134, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I try to be between 128 and, and 130. I, I, I just feel that the groove is more driving so it invites more to dance you gotta you gotta send those 134s to patrick topping i think that's his, <laughs> yeah. that, that's his area <laughs> man yeah it's crazy i mean when when i saw some releases i was like damn like i i i sent them music a while ago already and they like a couple of tracks but they were into it because the a and r told me yeah we're trying to find uh some more upbeat music like really energetic i was like damn yeah you damn right you do you know it's like 134 135 it's crazy yeah he really goes for i've actually had the opportunity to see him twice pretty recently and i mean you know he's just one of those guys who it's like he could play a techno song and then a disco song and then something with like an orchestra sample in it and i think that's kind of you know what it's all about uh you know you, you mentioned abiza earlier it's kind of the place where you were able to kick off your career. And I think just looking through your Instagram, it seems like you've been playing some gigs there recently. Um, you know, it's kind of this mythical place. And uh, to a lot of Americans, you know, it, it seems like this is the center of electronic world in Europe. Obviously, there's a lot of great cities, you know, with great scenes, but I'm wondering if you could just, you know, especially from somebody who's from Spain, from your perspective, you know, what does Ibiza mean to the scene and what does it mean to you to be able to play there? Yeah, man, I I, I, I had this in mind for a long time. When I arrived here, I, I didn't know much people, but at, at the end, what got me to play in these places, it's, um, it's not something that really surprised me because at the end, I feel that what you put in work, life just get back to you as same effort that you put in life. So at the end is, uh, I had this in mind for a long time, and and now be, like seeing these all all these goals getting real, uh, getting real, it's 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 crazy. But at the same time, I I was already working so much on my vision and and try to vision this for a long time and trying to feel what it feels like. I mean, I had a. Actually, I have a notebook here that with many goals that are what I want in 2021. And I already like got my first um, my first radio play on on BBC Radio One and do my first number one on Beatport. And so at, at the end, is 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 cool to have a vision and 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 try to I don't know try try to believe in that, you know. So. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 still crazy. It's still crazy. Um, honestly, I I am feel so grateful. That's why I'm I'm. It's not my. It's not the best weather for me because I come from Barcelona. So it's like every time I look out, it's like oh shit, it's cloudy again. <laughs> every day is cloudy, you know. But still, I'm I'm so grateful to to be able to play here in London. Absolutely. On London, you know, again, as we were discussing earlier, I mean, it's one of the best cities in the world for electronic music. And I think the amount of venues there, it's almost overwhelming. Um, can you just tell us kind of what what you've noticed about the scene there, even versus other places in the UK? And if you have any favorite mm -hmm. spots to play? Yeah. Um, yeah. For example, Fabric has done a really good job now because they, they changed their room too. And 
the club is is amazing and I, I think it's one of my favorite venues but yeah it's 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 great like the good thing and the bad thing that there is so many events going on is that um there is so much competence so if you want to run a party in london and you actually want to make numbers it's so difficult even if you bring a like a big digits you have to be a, like a big established brand to to make people come to your party or have a really good team of promoters and they bring people and everything because it's it, it's quite difficult like it's it's been tough lately lately to to get them parties busy you know yeah definitely you know i i, I work as a talent buyer and promoter in new york as well and you know it's the same thing here it's crazy like any given weekend night there's going to be six to ten like high level djs playing a show whether it's at a club or a warehouse and it's, you know especially now it's like we can't deny that you know i think people are still a little hesitant about going out and you know it's always going to be fear now with covid but at the end at the same time you know i think that some people forget that parties i mean the djs are important but it's not only the dj it's the experience that people bring that's why i'll row it's so powerful that they don't even need to bring like these massive headliners to sell tickets you know because it's it's a whole experience i mean when you go to a party you don't you don't only want to see your favorite dj you want to be comfortable the club to be nice and and the team like all all, all this experience that you have just um enjoy every step of the process not only see your favorite dj but the venue smells bad or i don't know like to put an example but i think it's important um to remember to to put something more on the table that's why a row has gone so big yeah no i mean honestly there's so many factors in putting on a great party and i think the el row thing is such a great example you know i think uh in the us they're still building that brand and so they really do need to have kind of more headline talent in order to get people to come just because people here don't really understand it as much. I think I've been to four or five Elros and I can honestly say that the best one that I've ever went to was at Amnesia and Ibiza and I didn't know a single DJ on the lineup. And it's just like, you know, it was just a great, like that almost makes it better because you don't care. You're not waiting for somebody, you're just there. And uh, it's a pretty unique experience. Um, you know, I wanted to just ask, you're in the process, I think, of starting your own label. Um, dig in, you know, it's something that I think a lot of artists are doing now and it can be very freeing, but, you know, can you tell us, you know, what prompted that decision and kind of any challenges you faced getting it off the ground? Um, yeah, so I got a few points. For example, I, I, it was last year when I wanted, before the pandemic, um, I wanted to start something on my own because I realized that even if you're signing to big labels, no one is going to give you the big part of the cake because at the end they fought so much to to be in there, you know, so the, that they're not going to help you to to be as big as them because at the end we are all competition at the end, you know. But, so I, I wanted to to run my own parties, but of course the pandemic and everything came and it was like so difficult. And I thought about this label, but to be honest, uh, I took the decision to have my own label, but I'm trying to to do it as um, smooth and and like in like not not too fast, you know, because I'm still growing as an artist, my fan base and everything. So I don't want to be fighting in 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 two fronts because 
otherwise I'm 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 not gonna be fully focused in in one project, you know. So at the end, right now, I'm trying to to release some music for free and and try to to build step by step the brand like slowly but surely you know but for now i'm trying to focus on my own brand and trying to to break through with with my with my brand as an artist and then this is when it comes all the parties and everything but i think um i thought about this when it was a pandemic because i want to do something on my own I, i already have this because at the end all the big djs that i see they have their own thing but they already have a big fan base so it's not it's not as difficult as now you know because if you have to build from zero from scratch and you don't have any big influencer that can bring people to the label it's, it's quite difficult yeah absolutely yeah. you know it's just a lot of consistent output um and but you know i think some of the best labels right now are the artist driven labels whether it's like a hot creations or you know something like that um just kind of off that as you mentioned you know throwing parties is something that you know, you want to do, it's been an, an interest for you. Um, when you kind of think about your vision for that, you know, this, as we've talked about Elro, the Paradise Party, Circle Loco, there's a lot of these that have been very successful. What do you envision, you know, if, if you could do whatever you wanted with it, you know, what would it look like in terms of throwing parties? In terms of throwing parties, you mean, uh, yeah, to be honest, I am more a more DJ than producer. I always been more into playing music than making music. I started making music because obviously to get somewhere and get yourself known nowadays is important to be consistent and and try to to release music to reach more people. Um, but I always think of digging in terms of throwing parties and releasing some music is something that um a long term i i want to do as well but my first idea was to throw parties and and try to be as big as any brand like paradise and circo loco and and all of these brands definitely uh you know you recently had a i think your debut kind of shows and mini tour in the u.s uh what was that experience like you know it's obviously there's a great scene here but it's very different the country is very spread out lots of different cities um you know, what was it like for you and how different was it from touring in Europe? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was so much better in terms of, um, I mean, they, they were very professional. All of the promoters I got, they're like really serious. When we had uh, the payments and everything, people is much likely to, to get everything done before the show, you know, and I don't know, it, it was... I felt much really, really warm welcome by any promoter, any city I went. So yeah, for me it was crazy experience. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to be back again next year, to be honest. Yeah. Were there any cities that you visited that kind of stood out? Yeah. Um I think yeah, I think I, I it was my first time in Los Angeles. And yeah, I mean <laughs> when I arrived there on the plane, I was damn this is big man <laughs> yeah yeah but i felt that i couldn't i didn't have time enough to visit everything i was like one two days in the cities so for example i went to san diego um yeah i went to san diego in the afternoon i play on the night and i left on the morning so i, I missed to to visit all the 
all the things in San Diego that I could visit. And they were like also two massive storms, one in Fort Lauderdale and the other one in, in New York. So I couldn't make it to two gigs as well. But yeah, the rest of the cities, yeah, I, I would say Las Vegas too. It was a crazy experience. I mean, it's it looks like it looks like the movies, but also is is much cooler than I thought. Because it I thought it was gonna be like Los Angeles, you know, like sketchy and and that. But if you go to city center, it's actually really cool when with the people and everything. And that's how I felt, yeah. And yeah, so Orlando is 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 really chill, man. But I really like the vibe on there too. That's great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that's kind of what's special about here is you you could you could play 20 cities in america and there'd still be 20 more for you to hit like the, you know there's just there's so many scenes and everywhere's a little bit different yeah that's that's the thing you know it's uh it's like europe at the end but they are like they are all the same country you know <laughs> they speak the same language <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes it feels like it's different countries it's, it's crazy i mean it's honestly so much bigger than you could even imagine honestly from west coast to east coast I mean, from Miami to Los Angeles is a whole completely different vibe, like whole different thing. It's, it's just, to be honest, I'm more of Florida vibe than West Coast vibe. Well, hopefully, hopefully you'll get up to New York one day so you can you can see how we do it up here. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been there. I've been there three times already. I, okay. I, I actually went 2019. I went to see the Martinez brothers uh, in MoMA Museum. Nice. That was fucking crazy. There were people doing breakdowns on the dance floor. It was crazy. It was amazing experience that one. But yeah, yeah I, I can't wait to play in, in New York. I couldn't make it yet. Awesome. Well, I'm sure soon, you know, just wrapping up here, I just want to ask, you know, you've released with some great labels over the last few years and had high level support from big artists. As you mentioned, you know, the B-Port number one, the BBC support deep inside was you know being played out by danny howard you've been putting out music with cr2 and elro is there a moment you know maybe in the last two years where you kind of had that feeling of like oh i can actually do this you know this is really going to be my career uh you mean at the beginning or this just this just last year? At, at any point at any point um yeah I, I kind of i kind of had this moment when when i signed it was in 2000. It actually, yeah, it actually was last year because I kind of felt that I was I wasn't putting effort enough last year and in, in 2019 and 2020 I I got um, I I got it came the pandemic and everything and I felt that I sh I really had to improve my way of of selling myself and yeah I, I saw that. After signing few releases with uh, Rautentic, Kaluki, and everything, when when I started with release on Kaluki in January 2021, and I got like the number one, first number one, and all that support, I start with the video clips and everything. I kind of felt like I was doing something right for. I, I felt some doing something more uh, powerful than I ever was uh, doing before. So I I, I got a point where I was like, yeah, I, I definitely now I'm on the right path and I know where I'm going now. Awesome. I love to hear that, man. And just, you know, I think you have a great sound and listening to your music and kind of seeing the evolution over the years, you know, it's exactly. only, it's only going up from here. Uh, 
just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on today and uh my pleasure thank hopefully you. we'll uh see you playing out live in new york soon yes that, that's for sure that's for sure i can't wait for that awesome man you have a good one you too man take care take care Thank you.